the show where you get comics, pop culture, and sports, and it is comic book time today because we are doing our review for Ant-Man and the Wasp, Ant-Man and the Wasp, here on KBBBL 9180. Uh, yeah, uh, terrible title. What are you going to do, though? I don't know what the hell else you would have called it. Uh, definitely sounds like a morning zoo radio program, but uh, here we are going forward. Spoiler alert on this one. We will be spoiling everything about if you have not seen Ant-Man and the Wasp. And judging by the numbers, you probably haven't. uh, Because it has not done too well this weekend. But that's specifically just by Marvel Cinematic Universe standards. Um, Joining me today to discuss Ant-Man and the Wasp is a man who never puts the plates in the top part of the dishwasher. Kevin Miller. Why would you do that? Um, I propose... uh uh, Ant-Men and the wasps that love them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be perfectly honest. Like, just, I'm going to be perfectly candid because uh, I, I feel like we don't try to bullshit our audience, what, what little audience we have on this podcast. To be perfectly sure, honest. sure. But, uh, I don't have a lot to say about this movie, so I don't know if this podcast is only going to be like 10 minutes. I, I really don't have have a lot of, of Ant-Man and the wasp takes. Um, I, I think it was fine <laughs> right like I, I yeah just... here's the thing i don't have a whole hell of a lot to say either and i'm generally on the it was okay uh page but i uh have no doubt in uh your ability or my ability to ramble for half an hour longer than necessary it's true <laughs> I, I i mean I, like I'll, it's not it's not a bad movie i just don't get i'll tell you i've been the, the buzz i've been reading on the comic book twitter from from most of the the indie uh comic uh, pods that that follow me and I follow them back um, <laughs> seem to be that um, this is better than the first one which is unconscionable to me I just I don't see how you could possibly think that this was better than the first Ant-Man like the, the first Ant-Man was such a surprise in how how delightful it was yeah like that was the one where you it really banged home the fact that that Marvel does the thing where like, like the way they cracked the code, because pre what 2005, we couldn't really get good comic book movies. I'd say when we started getting really good comic book movies, it started with Batman Begins, and then obviously took off. Yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah. and the Golden Age started in 2008 with the beginning of the MCU and Iron Man, and and the release of the Dark Knight, which blew everybody's mind. The Nolan Batman, yes. <laughs> yeah, and and since then we've got you know nearly 20 movies or close to 20 movies or maybe exactly 20 movies in the marvel cinematic universe now and and they really cracked the code by just kind of saying hey what if we did genre flicks but are yep. you know but just within the genre flicks the the people who exist like the characters that exist just happen to have superpowers within these genre flicks right so well you, yeah and then they're taking risks on uh, yeah. new and upcoming directors and so on mm-hmm. as well like in the case of like taika waititi and so yeah. on yeah people and even james gunn yeah people yeah james gunn's a good example people with a little something to prove right like people yep. willing, willing to take a risk but i mean like ant-man and the Wasp, or not ant-man and the Wasp. the first one ant-man was it was a heist movie right it's just yep. the, the main character of the heist happened to put on a super suit that allowed him to shrink down to the size of the ant and to the size of an, an ant in English and uh, 
yeah, and that that was just basically it, right? So, so you know, you, you like uh, the, the first Ant Man, you had your your scene where it's like, all right, here's us practicing our moves for the heist. Here's us practicing the heist. Oh, we need that extra thing in order to pull off the heist. Let's go get it. And then they go, yeah. you know, they go get. So it was basically Ocean's Eleven, but the guy puts on a super suit, right? And yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's that's you know basically what like doing this little things felt like, that. like a lot of the same except for it felt kind of like a coda yeah. like I, I feel like you could have done a version of this that would have been like maybe 45 minutes long yeah well, and, and release it as like a netflix special or like a dvd extra or something yeah i, I completely I mean, not agree with, not with the big names that are in it of course but no. uh you know there are a lot of interesting things that this movie does but it feels messier than the uh than the original, than Ant-Man from 2015. Yeah. Uh, it, it also feels like, um, you know, Scott Lang is not the main character of this one. <laughs> no, I, it, it, Evangeline Lilly definitely, I think. Honestly, I wonder if Evangeline Lilly got more actual screen time than friggin' uh, Paul Rudd. Probably not when it's all said and done, but I'll bet it's damn close. I, I, I wouldn't think so just because we had, I mean, even if everything yeah. is equal with all their, like, uh, team-up scenes, mm-hmm. uh, we had the extra Paul Rudd scenes of him with Cassie and with him the with the gang. Which honestly were the best parts of the movie to me. I honestly thought when he was hanging out with his daughter, that was more fun <clears throat> to me to watch than, now maybe that's because I recently had a daughter, so maybe that maybe that spoke a little bit more to me now. Yeah, you the, know. The, the myriad of yeah. uh, father-daughter relationships exactly. in this movie, yeah, I like, really nailed home at a yeah, critical like, time for you. <laughs> absolutely, right? Like, hindsight being what it is, obviously, maybe maybe that, uh, you know, so maybe I, I, I'm a slightly biased opinion on that whole thing, but, you know, I, I'm... I'm just going to be perfectly honest. I found that more entertaining, like him doing stuff with his daughter and, and doing these weird, like, like right at the beginning of the film when they when they built this like weird ant cave in his house and he's like going yeah. through this ant cave and they're going down the slide that he built like with his stairs, his spiral staircase and stuff. And, and I was just like, boy, that's a lot more fun to, it was a little like, it reminded me of honey. I shrunk the kids for some reason. Yeah, yep. like, yeah, like, like there's a, there's a way back playback for you, but I mean, it, I was getting that impression too. It was it was halfway yeah. between like I shrunk the kids and some sort of like Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah, and it, and it was just it's just fun like, on the screen. If you've been under a house arrest, if you're like an engineer who's been under a house arrest for two years, yeah. you might you might do the same thing. Exactly right. So it was just like just fun was being had on the screen more than I like you know kind of Evangeline Lily just kind of having her weird like sourpuss going on the entire movie not that she was like turning in a, a bad performance or anything like that I actually like, like that she lightened up a little bit for this one and she was yeah. cracking jokes now and then yeah towards like, yeah uh, she, she got more fun to watch towards the end of the film that's that's the, the sort of the, the sequence that I think I'll be looking up I mean there are a couple um, that were just either hilarious or uh, like really big like undertakings for action scenes and we can we can talk about that in a second but uh the one that i think i'll be looking up in, on youtube at some point is that entire like three minute section in the middle where they're at the uh school and yeah. uh paul rudd's like two and a half feet tall <laughs> yeah that was like, and, and that as completely unnecessary really as that was it was just yeah that that was very lighthearted. well it was super charming and it was funny because hope and hank are taking the piss out of him (laughs) yeah like going like you want a juice box and stuff afterwards yeah because that want a juice box and some string cheese (laughs) yeah you definitely need that to light needed that to lighten up the hank pym character because like 
you know, Hank Pym's never been my favorite, mainly because in the comic books he's a wife beater, right? So, oh, yeah. So, like, giving this Michael Douglas, and, and we know that Michael Douglas has, has basically made a, a career of, you know, making movies teaching men not to fuck around on their wives and stuff, so he was always kind of like <laughs> a scumbag and being in, like, a... You, but it's true. <laughs> like, no, it's absolutely true. Yeah, this is true. You know what? And you put it that way. Yeah, that's what he does. Like, like he he basically spent the, the the entire '90s making movies that basically said, "Hey, dudes, don't cheat on your wives because you'll probably end up dead." <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, and that's that's what friggin' uh, Fatal Attraction was about. And and he's got like three other ones that are are currently escaping my uh, my brain space right now. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, and he was in Wolf of Wall Street, and he he always kind of plays a dick, and he's playing a dick in this, and then I'm just like. I'm kind of, and it's his whole thing is I'm I'm bitter and angry because I lost my wife and and whatnot, which I get, but it really just given the, I would have toned it down a little bit just giving, you know, the fact that the Hank Pym character has that history in the comic books of of having put his hands on his wife, so it's just it it just some of it rubs me the wrong way in these when I see. Uh, 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 my, uh, when I see friggin' uh, Michael Douglas carrying on in this movie, right? Which is why I, I really like the the uh, dynamic that they gave him and Lawrence Fishburne in this movie, saying, right? Fishburne yeah. who's just taking a piss out of him at every opportunity. Yeah, and 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 telling him he's like, like when uh, friggin' FBI agent Jimmy Woo showed up. Who anytime Jimmy Woo, anytime Jimmy Woo was on screen, it was it was fantastic, oh, yeah. right? When he showed up and he, and he was just like. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be here. And he's like, why? Because we hate each other and stuff like that. that was- I just like that the dirty FBI agent like comes in to give him the tip. And he's like, yeah. scatters playing cards everywhere. He's like, what? What's wrong? What? <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> How did oh, you do that? <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely enjoyed that. Um, I think I, I wanted to t- touch on something that you said. I, like, I really think the action scenes in this movie are, are probably the strongest. I'd say the strongest element of this movie is the, uh, or the action sequence. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you say from the from the from the fight scene to like? You there know, are from, a couple. Like they, they yeah, start the, like the fight first, scene in the kitchen. First right? five minutes, they yeah. start with the fight scene in the kitchen, and that's like the Ant Man fight scene that we're familiar with from the first one, right? Yeah. Um, and then they escalate progressively going forward from there like the second fight scene is when the ghost shows up and it's all you know no we've introduced phasing into this now well crap how are we going to deal with this yeah and, um, and it gets to eventually like the big car chase scene which yeah. is you know a chase there's four different parties there's you know the walton goggins gang mm-hmm. there's the uh the fbi there's the you know the ant-man crew and there's the ghost and lawrence fishburne and they're you know they're mm-hmm. all have kind of the same goals in mind yeah and it's this four-way chase scene through San Francisco, including shrinking, growing, you know, phasing, just yeah, everything. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just and, like wow, like the fight choreography on this must have been super intense. Mm-hmm, yeah, and and it was it was absolutely a treat to watch. I I enjoyed that very much. Um, the, the stuff like when he was like, you know, I'm I'm giant man now like that car chase towards the end of the film that you mentioned and, he, and he's giant man and he's like using the friggin he's in the flatbed flat as like a skateboard yeah the flatbed as a skateboard and stuff like that I thought that was a lot of fun and just yeah it, I mean my biggest problem is there's not a lot of plot in this movie it's 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 really not it's it's just no and, and that's why I mean like if you wanted to get rid of some of the spectacle I feel like you could have made it like a coda 
or or like a 45 minute special or something yeah, like that where like the whole plot is like let's get you know janet back yeah and the the like two-thirds of the movie is why we can't do that yet yeah exactly and and it's yeah it's just them running and a lot of it is just yeah everybody just running around and it's like hey we got because they keep shrinking the lab that they need to to find michelle pfeiffer yeah. And, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Whenever Jenny and I talk about her now, it's Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer. <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer. Thought she could mess with the Batman. Um, shout out to Cube Peel. And uh, yeah, because yeah, on, honestly, it's it's like the plot line is really just like because it takes place over the course of two three days. This entire movie because they yeah. make, make a point of saying Scott's under house arrest and he's two days away from. From yeah. getting back, so they basically have like which this is basically of, our timeline, yeah. Yeah, it's basically a sitcommy element too of like like they're basically putting the elements of something you would find in like an episode of like Seinfeld or or. Something. I was gonna say the Flintstones. The Flintstones, <laughs> yeah, that's a very good one. Where, where, where you know, you know, Fred's got to be at a dinner party, but he's also at the Elk Lodge, you know. Yeah, he's got to be at the Water Buffalo Lodge. Water yeah, Buffalo. There was that classic episode where he's like, I got to be at the Water Buffalo Lodge and at uh, God, what was his kid's name? Not Bam Bam. Bam Bam was the other Pebbles. one. Pebbles. Pebbles. Yeah, but he also has to be at Pebbles' birthday party, right? Yeah. Yep. So he needs to be in two places at once. So yeah, that that's the, been it's so classic role. that they made a Boy Meets World episode that referenced it, yeah. and even that was thirty years ago. <laughs> yeah, Vader was in that because they he had to be at like Vader's wrestling match or something. Maybe. Yeah, it, it was Topanga's Sweet Sixteen, yeah. and uh, uh, he's trying to get um, yeah. well, I forget his name, but uh, Ethan Suplay. Ethan Suplay, yeah. <laughs> He's trying to give him tips for Vader's wrestling. Yeah, because Vader was his dad in that show. May he rest in peace, because Vader died recently, like a couple of oh, years yeah. ago, Miller. Yeah, rest, rest in peace, uh, Vader. That Jeez. guy was awesome. Um, man, the wrestlers don't live long, man. It's tough. It's an incredibly hard life. Unless you're The Rock, <laughs> and like a few select others, you, you got... Get all while we're getting good. Yeah, it's tough, man. Um... Yeah, so yeah, that's very much what it is. is Scott Lang basically just has to be in two places at once, and then he keeps having to run back there because Jimmy Woo keeps going back. And, uh, yeah, Jimmy and Woo like, just breaks and enters three times a day. Yeah, he's not there and stuff like that, right? And they're like, we thought he was here. And then, I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's really good, but it definitely was like the plot line that they stretched from – it's definitely about an hour's worth of material that they stretched into two hours, thankfully yeah. with some really good action action sequences. But uh, yeah, not plot wise, not exactly a killer. This movie, no. I would say. And yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. It, it, it's interesting because, like, in the case of like the first Ant Man, where it was mm-hmm. like loosely, loosely related to like the overall MCU story, and it was after Age of Ultron and was just meant as, like, he was, like, a fun sort of palate cleanser movie. Yeah. Like, this is more or less what it was again, right? Like, we're coming off of what might be, like, the, the you know, the movie with the most despair in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where the last, you know, the last MCU scene we see before this is, you know, yeah. half the cast dying. <laughs> Yeah, and, and so so I mean, then it jumps straight into this where it's like okay, well back to like a goofy fun caper. Yeah, uh, and it, I mean, if you really break down the the like if you if you were to make a mind map of this movie and <laughs> add like kind of what it brings to the MCU just as a whole and stuff, it it doesn't yeah. really accomplish much. Like like it basically just brings Michelle Pfeiffer's janet van dyne character back yeah 
but then and some sort of uh, quantum healing energy. Yeah, and and I guess quantum healing energy, which which could be a thing. Because like I'll be honest, I think I think the scene that brought the most to it was the mid credit scene, which I don't think that's a good. Like I don't think that's a recipe for for lasting, is what I'll say. Like, no, think, no, not at all. Because I think but... I think the mid credit scene where because there was. Um, yeah, there was the mid-credits scene where they send him back into the quantum realm or whatever the heck they're calling it uh-huh. to get the energy because they like needed to help heal the the ghost girl, Ava. And the second they send uh, Scott Lang in to shrink, they the snap happens and Pim Hope and uh, like I was all the Pims disappear. I was right? waiting for it. Yeah, I didn't I, know it was coming during the mid credit scene, but I mean, I mean, last yeah. week I made a joke about this when we were while we were reviewing Luke Cage, mm-hmm. and I said how ridiculous would it have been like you know episode ten just half the cast is gone. Yeah, like like my 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 thing was uh, well, it was it was kind of funny because I was in. Uh, like obviously, I was in the movie theater, and it was it was opening day. It was early uh, Thursday. We actually were able to go see it, and uh, Scott, Scott goes. It was kind of funny because I couldn't believe other people didn't didn't put this together because it just was like it was, it was. I don't know. It was one of those things where I was like, really, you guys didn't like kind of put that together because we were there on opening day. So I figured it was like a lot of comic book geeks and stuff there. But yep. You know, Scott Lang goes into the quantum realm, and then he's like, "All right, guys, bring me back." And then he's like, "Guys, guys," he's like, "All right, it's not funny." And then there was like this moment of silence, and I like put up my hand, and I just did the like in, in the middle of the theater, like I did the snap. And like, yeah, five I did six, it too, actually. Yeah, yeah <laughs> five or six people around me were like, "Oh!" Like, like when I did the snap, that it all like occurred to them that. When they came back, they were going to disappear, and I was like, really? Like, it wasn't like I was some, like, vicious genius. You know? No, no, no. Right? But I actually think that that speaks to, like, one of the successes that this movie has, right? Well, we're coming fresh off Infinity War. We know that's the most dramatic thing that's happened in the MCU, basically ever. And it's the freshest thing we have. And it speaks to the success of this as a light palate cleanser type comedy movie. That you can forget about that until the credit scene. Yeah, that's true. Because uh, like I kept waiting for for them to reference it because I'm like, there's no way they don't reference that movie. And then they did it in the uh, in the end in the mid credit scene. Did you stay for the end credit scene? I did. I was disappointed that I did. <laughs> did you? Oh, I loved it. I love it when they do those little ones where because I loved Howard the Duck when they did that at the end of. Uh... <laughs> at, the, at the end. Well, for Howard the Duck, it was yeah. a bit of an Easter egg, but it's like here's just the Zamp playing the drums again. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was funny. I they they really. What uh... I liked about it was the implication that time had passed, because like it shows his uh, TV briefly, and it's like you know we're having broadcasting issues. I'm like, well, yeah, that makes sense, probably. Yeah. Exactly. But the television studio got obliterated. You're not broadcasting shit anymore, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then it's just like you have to imagine that like this ant has been like, well, he's programmed to do what Scott does every day, so he's just been playing the drums every day, and it might have been like three weeks already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I thought I thought that was great. I think a lot of people were just hoping for a cap, another Captain Marvel tease, but uh, we gotta wait till next year. That's uh, it. I, I didn't expect that. I knew that there would be at least one post credit scene because there always is. Yeah, I was expecting some sort of tie in with Infinity War, which is why as soon as like they were kind of like you know, hey, I'm not getting a read from you guys. I thought they were gonna because they kind of subverted it at first. Mm-hmm. Where like Hank's like you know, oh Scott, you're reading me, and he didn't answer for like three seconds. Yeah. 
I'm like, oh, okay, so that was bad time. Yeah. <laughs> like, I figured Scott was Ash, you know? Yeah, and I liked and it. Like, but no, he's supposed to be in the next one. I, I liked it because I was just like, he's stuck in the quantum realm, and I'm like, oh, that's fun. That's a lot of fun. Well, yeah, <laughs> and, and has no idea why. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was great. Um, what would you say... Do you want to do favorite or worst first? Let me ask, let me ask you, since you're the guest on this episode. Would you rather talk about your favorite or your least favorite thing of this movie? Uh, jeez. <laughs> Both are kind of difficult for me because this is kind of a milquetoast movie. Like, I yeah. liked it, but I, I can't think of, like, what I loved or hated about it. I mean, um, for me... Let's go, let's go least favorite, and least if favorite. you don't mind starting. <laughs> yeah, well, I already talked about that. I think that the strongest parts of this movie are probably the action sequences. I would say the, the, the single biggest disappointment that this movie gave to me was the criminal, criminal waste of Walton Goggins in the... In the I was going to bring the, that up. In the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I <laughs> That's think, exactly like, what mine was going to be, and it wasn't even that specifically, but yeah. I'll let you continue for well, now. Well, no, it's just, like, <laughs> Sonny Birch, a really low-level Marvel villain, like, like, Iron Man guy, like, below, below friggin', like... Like, like Justin Hammer's here, and you can't see me, but my hand's up there. And then there's yeah. about, like, 50 feet of crap, and then there's Sonny Birch. To give him, to give Walter Goggins that guy, and I realize, I guess, you don't want him to take over the movie, but I don't know, to waste... It, it, it wasn't quite the level of Sam Rockwell not getting quite enough screen time in Iron Man 2. Yeah, well, who stole the movie. <laughs> who stole the movie, obviously. But Walt, Walton Goggins, anytime he was on the screen, it was so much fun. And I think the hardest I laughed was easily the, the like truth serum scene when, when, when <laughs> yeah. uh, they were sticking Michael Pena with the stuff. And uh, Michael Pena was just like like blabbermouthing and he got to do his thing where he like tells the story and he's like and he goes he basically through. retells the uh, between Hank Pym at the beginning of the movie yeah. and then Louise at the middle like they basically got to retell the whole first movie yeah and he does yeah and he but he also does the thing where he retells their like like the uh, the hope and uh, Scott love love uh, thing but through Louise's yeah. eyes and it was so good and, and just that like, like sloppy making out yeah and <laughs> just, that was just so funny and then friggin David Desmalchin when the ghost shows up and he's like the Baba ah! <laughs> and, he's, yeah. and he just starts like losing Baba Yaga and he's like singing the song <laughs> yeah and he started, yeah singing the song and trying to protect himself and like I did like uh, oh, truth serum doesn't exist and stuff that was He's like, oh no, it is true, sir. Yeah, that scene got the biggest laughs of the entire movie, I thought. That oh yeah, for me too. I, I really liked how the scene opened too, where Walton Goggins like, actually, he's right, it's mostly because of the salt they use on the road in our snowy sister state. <laughs> yeah, like, and Luis is like, who are you and how do you know so much about car wash protocol? <laughs> yeah, that was great. Like, when he walks, he's like, oh, I got everything, T.I., he's like, I got everything done, even the undercarriage. He's like, you did the undercarriage? That's a scam, man. It's and the biggest I, scam there is. And I was sitting there thinking, it is a scam, right? Like, not around, you know, up in Kenya. Not around here, parts. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but it, it, like they're like we're in California, man. We don't need the undercarriage. And I'm like, no, I'm like nodding my head. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Oh god. But yeah, just giving him Walton Goggins, who just you know is a friggin' like what a great character actor he is, and he's delightful I, in this movie. It's just oh sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll expand on that point, and uh, I, I think it, it's sort of the counterpoint to what I thought was like probably the strongest action scene in this movie towards the end of the movie, where there are the four different factions kind of moving together. Because between um, Jimmy Woo, is it Jimmy Woo? Yeah, Jimmy Woo or James it, Woo, whatever you want it, to call it, him. Between him and like the FBI faction and Walton Goggins and his sort of group, like 
I never got a sense of threat from them at all. Oh, God, like no. Like they den- they played it for um they played it for uh you know comedy and I mean I never figured that the FBI would be the bad guy or anything like that but when your main characters are criminals you know they're fugitives literally mm-hmm. you know uh, it, you kind of have to think of them as antagonists and you know Jimmy Jimmy Woo is just friggin' charming every time he's on screen like yeah, you just want to give that guy a hug so. yeah. And and Walton Goggins is you know making hilarious jokes with this southern twang that he's got, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and uh, like it's like well you know we'll get around to it, but I mean you know there's there's a much stronger villain in the movie. Yeah, and I mean it's and, not even like, but I mean Ava is she's not even really a villain. She's what like like, like if I can make a wrestling reference here, she's what they'd call a tweener in reference, yeah. right? Like where they're not really a face, they're not really a heel. They just kind of do their thing and the audience just kind of decides if they're on board or not, right? And, yeah. like, I'll, I'll say I was on board, but, I mean, not strong, I would say. I really like the portrayal of someone who is, um, like, super menacing like that, but also with the desperation. Yeah. Like, like that's it, it, it rang a lot was, more, right? like, coming off, of, um, coming off of Yellow Jacket, which was, like, the mustache twirling tie yeah. someone to a railroad. Yeah. Like, that Over was ridiculous. Top, yeah. That was, like, I mean, I love Ant-Man, the first one, for its comedy. Yeah. But when you're, like, coming off a comedy Louise scene, and, oh, my God, these guys are so crazy, into, I'm going to turn you into a puddle of goo and then flush you down yeah, the toilet. Like this lamb, like, yeah. And he's got, like, all these, like, the cutest baby lambs you could possibly see. And, and he's just, she's like, why don't you use rats? And he's like, what's the difference, right? Yeah, just just like, yeah. yeah, and it's like, I'm so evil. right? Yeah, you're right. He was very over the top in, in the first one. But, so, yeah, and I mean, like, so I, I appreciated a much more nuanced and... Uh, you know, yeah, well played for for as much as you can do in what is still a comedy movie. Yeah, and, uh, and you kind of felt the uh, the desperation, like said, desperation was a very good word by you to to describe. What well, and the and the menace as well, because there was the scene where like uh, she was tied to the they were all tied up in like their uh, Lawrence Fishburne's uh, living room or whatever the hell yeah. rumpus room. Yeah, and uh, and uh, you know she's just she's not blinking. <laughs> she's just like mad mugging them the whole time. Yeah. Um, and there was the scene where uh, Scott was acting as a distraction for her, and he's like running around and he can't shrink, and he's like, you know, dudging behind shit, and she's just slowly walking towards him through shit. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so this is like some Terminator shit. Yeah. And the, the strongest scene they gave her, I thought, was easily just to uh, show, again, the desperation that, that you uh, so succinctly put it, um, was easily when they reclaimed like the good guys reclaim the the lab which is the MacGuffin for this entire movie that everybody's after um and Lawrence Fisher not a Marvel goes, movie unless you're after a cube <laughs> yeah and and she's like you know we have to get it back and then he goes you know Lawrence Fishburne goes yeah we do but you know how do we do that and they're going over their their because they're supposed to be the pseudo bad guys but again they're like really right. tweeners and uh she goes well you know, Scott's got a daughter. I'm gonna go, like, basically kidnap yeah. his daughter and then squeeze Scott for the information, right? Because that's the only move we have right yeah. now, basically. And and she's like, basically close to death. So she's so the Ava character, the ghost Ava character, who basically hasn't shown a propensity for for killing 
people in this movie. Like, they, they have the flashback where, where she says, you know, they turned me into a weapon, and I killed when they told me to kill and stuff. So she's, yeah. she's only killed on, like... The cost of my soul. <laughs> yeah, so she's only killed, like, on missions as the ghost and stuff like that. So she's not a serial killer person who's just going to go around and even when she's fighting she, all, she's all a killer things. as much as like you know agent carter's a killer exactly right she's <laughs> like it's it, it's my mission and it is so she, I, I mean i hate to use this reference because this character sucks and is, is is one of the most overrated things in existence but it's very james bondy right where it's like yeah you know the men i kill are also killers and stuff like that but um uh yeah so she has this moment where she's just like all of a sudden she's like I'm close to death. Fuck it. I'm just going to kidnap this kid because it's the only move I've got right now. And Lawrence Fishburne actually talks her out of it. Like, he goes, if you kill this kid, I'm out. And he's the scientist who, who has the the mind power in order to, to fix her. A little, to actually you know, fix her, yeah. To actually fix her, right? So he goes, if you if you kidnap this girl, we're, we're like, I'm done. Like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm in this to save you because, you know, you deserve that based yeah. on what's happened in your life. But if you kidnap a girl you forfeit that privilege is basically what yeah, Lawrence yep. Fishburne says to her. And I'm like, that's a really good scene. And she kind of goes, fine, I'll figure something else out. And then that led to her showing up in probably my favorite scene of the entire movie, <laughs> which is when she just post, you know, shows up and David the Smulch and it's like, Oh my God. <laughs> like, that was, yep. that was great. But like, I, I really, that I thought gave us the strongest character development in this movie. Yeah. And, yeah. Other than that, I like that they did. But like, like they they could have taken like you know here's this guy and he used to work with Hank Pym and they yeah. were you know they were equals in the field and then then you know did a little better than <laughs> now him, now right? they hate each other and now he's a villain. It's like I never really got that impression with Lawrence Fishburne. Like he was an <laughs> asshole to him, but they were assholes to each other. But also Hank Pym is an asshole and a wife beater, so you don't have yeah. to be nice to that guy, right? Well, so, no, for sure, and right? that's just it. Like you know, just because you know Hank Pym is you know the first Ant Man doesn't mean that he's like the good guy. And Lawrence Fishburne, because he disagreed with him, doesn't make him like the ultimate villain, you know. Yeah. I was a little upset that they didn't let Bill Foster uh, grow, because I'll be honest, I thought at the end when they did that thing where uh, uh, to distract Jimmy Woo again, they they you know built up the Ant Man suit and then got back down, right? And it was empty, yeah. and he kept going. I thought Lawrence Fishburne was going to be in it for a second, and I, and he was going to get to be Goliath, who thank God they didn't refer to him as Black Goliath in this fucking movie, yeah, like they, <laughs> like they did back in the in the sixties and seventies, right? Woo, <laughs> so bad. Um, yeah, I, I mean it's great to see Lawrence Fishburne in the MCU. I hope he I hope he does get to put on the suit or something in, in whatever the third one will be. I like the fact that it said the Ant Man and the Wasp will return and then they change it to the question mark. I don't know if you caught that at the end. I did, yeah. That was pretty fun. Because apparently like this week, like Paul Rudd and Evangeline will have been like, Ah probably not. Yeah, yeah. It'll be funny. Um They'll be back. Uh, we're just getting worked right now. I, I, I really love the off-screen working that they're doing, like, wrestling style on the oh, thing. Yeah. Like, like Chris Evans constantly saying, I want to go make indie flicks. And it's like, no, you don't. You want to be Captain America, and you want to be beloved by millions. <laughs> like, yeah. Right? Like, so, yeah. I do like that they've basically, like, made the fact that Tom Holland can't keep a secret. They've made it into, like, a marketing tactic. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's like, yeah. yeah, okay, you're allowed to leak the title of the next Spider-Man movie. Yeah, it's like, like, we're okay with that in this case. It's also like, who cares? <laughs> They're like, oh my god, it's the title. What does it mean? <laughs> right? It's just like, oh yeah, but people are people are doing that though. Yeah. What does it mean? Because I mean, hey, we're marketing the crap out of yeah. Spider-Man: Far From Home, and also Spider-Man's dead currently. So, <laughs> is it weird that? Uh... 
Did, does it feel weird to you that that's it for for the MCU for 2018, Miller? Uh, I mean, no, I think, I think that's, we get... that's three. I mean, it, yeah. it's kind of weird that we don't have one in the fall, but but that's three. Yeah, I think we get uh, Iron Man. I think we get Iron Fist later on in like November or something. I was gonna say I think we're getting something on Marvel, but I, is it yeah. Iron Fist? I pretty sh- I want to say because we got Jessica Jones season two and we got Luke Cage two already, and maybe it's Daredevil three. I was going to say Daredevil 3, but I, I'm not really up to date on it. Uh, let me see if I can have a look. Um, Are we still getting, uh, like, an X-Men movie this year? Or is that this year? Uh, Dark I believe, Phoenix? I think they're filming Dark Phoenix right now, but not... I don't think it's... it's. I mean, we get Aquaman. For, yeah. For, we get Aquaman from, from the DC side, and then early 2019, we're supposed to get, you know, Captain Marvel... Wonder Woman, Shazam, yeah. you know, like oh yeah, Shazam, you know, but which they leaked a photo of Shazam today. I don't know if you saw it. It was like I did see it. Yeah, yeah Shazam, like drinking like a joke, drinking a case of soda, <laughs> yeah, in front of with friggin' Freddie Freeman, right? And I'm like, ooh, that's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what the next one is, and you know, we we've got you know cloak and daggers going on right now. I haven't given that a shot yet, but I eventually will. Oh, I meant to shotgun Legion this week. <laughs> yeah, I've got Legion sitting there. I'm saving it like a fine wine. I've got all ten PVR'd, and I'm like, I just. I was gonna say we we have some if if we don't have any more Marvel movies coming up, you and I'll have some time to fill this fall, so maybe yeah. we'll get back to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we're we're hitting the lull of sports right now because uh, the World Cup is in the finals. Go Croatia! Anyone but France. Um, yeah, just hopefully history's greatest cowards don't win the World Cup. Yep. Uh, so go Croatia on the, on that front, and then baseball's about to enter the All Star break, so they oh, they, okay. stop, they, they stop playing baseball for like a week, and obviously basketball, hockey, football aren't even close to coming back just yet. So and basketball's dead for you forever. Yeah, and oh, that's also true. Basketball's also dead for me forever. So uh, yeah, so so we'll <laughs> we'll fill the void somehow, probably. So. The sports people on this podcast will probably be waiting a little bit. We'll see what we can do, but uh, although Bachelor in Paradise is coming up, so there's that. <laughs> so if you're looking for pop culture stuff, I'll probably get Craig on to talk Bachelor in Paradise. Um, I mean, we could talk about. I mean, Michael Payne. I I don't even really have anything to add as far as performances. I mean, nobody was was bad. Everybody was was on point, and like Michael Pena needs more screen time in the MCU would be the only thing. That, that I have to yeah. add. Michael and, Payne, more scream time. Paul yeah. Rudd remains the most charming man in Hollywood. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, there, there was the, particularly the yeah. scene where he was being, he was channeling Janet Van Dyne. That was really funny. Yeah, that was great. But it was uh, like heartwarming and funny at the same time. <laughs> yeah, well, like Walter, Walton Goggins, like we said, should, deserved a little bit better, I think, in, in, when when he came into the MCU. But, you know, Randall Park... But I'll, I'll, I'll take it, because Randall Park got to be awesome as Jimmy yeah, Woo yeah. the entire flick, right? So if that's the trade-off, I'll take it, because Walton Goggins is going to be fine. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's it's... It's a very milk toast movie with not a lot of plot going on. They, they I enjoyed they, it enough. Yeah, I, I think like that I enjoyed the original. Crap. It's just it's it's for like, us. Go ahead. For as cartoony and silly as it is, yeah. I really think I like the first Ant Man more. Oh, it absolutely. Although I don't think either is going to be cracking like from top five for me for Marvel movies. You Ant- know, Ant Man. It's like, not even. It's not even close for me. Ant Man is of the two Ant Man flicks. The first one is definitely the better one. That's not to say yes. that this is a 
piece of crap. I, I like I would say, like like if you if you want to split the MCU into tiers, I'm not sure how many tiers you would have to get down. Like obviously, it'd be it's difficult at this point. Like right, we're up to like what 19 movies? I think this is now 20 or 20. Yeah. So like, I mean, there'd be three or four tiers, and the bottom tier would be the fourth tier. Let's say that. Let's pretend like there's four tiers. Maybe we actually, while we're filling time, maybe we we. You know, since it'll be six months before we get another Marvel movie, maybe we actually do a podcast where we sit down and rank the 20, the 20 MCU movies. Yeah, yeah, because it's like, you know, this was okay. I mean, it wasn't yeah. like Black Panther, but it also wasn't Dark World, you know? Yeah, like I would say, yeah, like I would say that the fourth tier of like the really bad ones for, for the MCU would be like Iron Man 2, which it, like, I, like Iron Man 2 and... Thor The Dark World would be on that fourth tier of, boy, those were not very good. And even, like, Iron Man 2 has, you know, Iron Man 2 has friggin', like we mentioned, Sam Rockwell trying desperately to save well, that movie. Well, that's what I mean, right? Because right? even, like, the bad movies, like, I mean, Thor Dark World notwithstanding, even the bad movies have some stuff that I, like, can yeah. enjoy, and I wouldn't give them less than, like, a 6 out of 10. Yeah. You know? And like, like a lot of people, like I, I can go back and forth on Age of Ultron forever, you know. Yeah, I, I <laughs> but ultimately, say, it's still an Avengers movie. And I still have fun watching it. Yeah, like, I, like if I, if you ask me to rank just off the top of my dome right now, Ant Man and the Wasp, I would say it's it's somewhere between like Guardians two. Yeah. And let's say I don't know Iron Man three. You know, okay. that, yeah, like, you know, like I, think, I, I right? see that. you know, like I think it's, I think it's in that, I, I think it's in that range as far as, as, as far as, as, as these flex go. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. I, I don't, I don't really have anything else to add to Ant-Man and the Wasp. I'm not, I'm not sure if you, uh, specific visually when they went into the quantum realm that, that was like, they, that was yeah, it, it was it was interesting watching with uh, Jenny because she's seen approximately half of the MCU movies with me, mm-hmm. and frankly, about half of those were in the last like two years since we've been dating. Yeah, <laughs> like basically everything since uh, I think Guardians two. Yeah, I can't. Uh, so it's interesting to be like, okay, well, here's what you need to know about, like, this is like, you know, we got to the theater, we were talking of when the movie started, like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take like five minutes and basically go over the plot of Ant-Man 1 for you. But then they started doing like quantum realm shit, and she's like, "Oh my god, if I was high and watching this, it would be incredible." And I'm like, "Well, we should watch Doctor Strange sometime." Yeah. What do you think? Because these two seem very similar to me. In, in terms of, I think everybody walked out of the, the theater going, oh my god, that was so much fun, it was so much better than the, like, it seemed like the majority of people were doing this, but they were walking out going, oh my god, it was even better than the first one, so much better, blah, blah, really? so much. I mean, you had opening night, but. <laughs> no, 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 like, well, this is, is kind of the buzz I felt on the internet. It, it, like, oh. This is the buzz I felt on the internet where people kind of walked out going, oh my god, it was even better than the first one, it was so much better, and then I feel like in a month people are going to settle down and get rid of the recency bias and go, eh, that wasn't as good as I initially thought coming out of the movie. So that oh, said, I see, I see. what do you think? Was, and and, and when, when I mentioned these two movies, I want it made, made uh, perfectly clear that neither of these sequels are even close to how good the first one was. Um, so I want to say, what do you think is going to hold up better? Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 or, or Ant-Man and the Wasp? 
It's tough. I think probably this one, honestly. Yeah, I think I agree. I, 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 I absolutely think I agree. And I mean, there, there are things I like and dislike about both, so it's tricky. I think ultimately, like, I have an opinion about this one now, having finished watching it maybe four hours ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and my opinion right now is kind of tepid. I think that as time goes by, like, if I were to revisit it even, like, a month from now, I think my opinion might actually improve. Okay. Because um, I think that there was a lot of, like, the things that were super cool about the first Ant-Man, um, I think that they improved upon in general. Because like, everything there was, like, they, they, you know, it's just sort of getting you into this idea of shrinking at all. So you have, like, this tiny actor and, like, this, uh, you know, overblown sort of set, um, you know, where everything, it's very Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, right? Yeah. It's just like, okay, well, we have this giant set that he now has to play around in, and it's, it's cool for doing that. But... They basically like took the most intense sort of action scenes from that first movie and made it the first action scene in this movie, and then just kept stepping it up. And and I think that like even like a month from now, I could be like, you know what, I'd be interested in seeing those like action scenes again. And that's basically half a movie. Yeah. Like, and I mean, like if if that's what you want, like this is a comedy action movie, and and there's a lot of great comedy and there's a lot of great action, and they're often happening at the same time. And I, and I think there's a lot to be said about this movie. The issue is that I don't think the plot or pacing is as tight, even if the even if the tone shifts are better in this one. Like it, it's tricky. I, I think that as of right now, I like the first one better. But if you ask me a month from now, I I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I might I, have to I might have to revisit it. It's it, but I think it's one of those ones like um, I think the last movie we said this about on this podcast was uh the Last Jedi. Yeah. Where we had some issues with it, but generally liked it overall, and thought that if we could revisit it in a year, that we would like it more. Yeah, I, I, and, and I think that that might be the case for this one as well. I, I just think Guardians of the Galaxy two and this one, I think, are are so cut from the same cloth in terms of in, in terms of everybody was so surprised by the first, by you know how much they enjoyed the first one because it came out of nowhere because you know the Guardians of the Galaxy, and I've said on this pod many a time that. Nobody gave a crap about the Guardians of the Galaxy, and they were not a great comic book. And all they had to do to make the Guardians of the Galaxy interesting was basically change everything about them from the comic books, for the most part. Yeah. Um, other Like, because, you know, in the comic books, the Guardians of the Galaxy are a literal police force in space. And in this yeah. one, they're like, you know, fun-loving kind of... Yeah, bounty, Han Solo's. <laughs> yeah, Han Solo, bounty hunter-type guys. And Ant-Man and the Wasp, same thing. Everybody like Ant-Man's always been the guy that everybody kind of make fun makes fun of, where it's like, oh, he shrinks. Who would want that crappy superpower, right? Like, and but it like like I said, they they, they do the genre thing where where Guardians of the Galaxy is basically a genre movie of you know we're we're the misfits who get who get torn together for a job. And yeah. now, now we got to execute it's, the job. It's basically Star Wars. Yeah, it's the Star Wars of the Dirty Dozen. Yeah, it's space, like here's right? a bunch of misfits who get together yeah. to uh, to square off against an internet, yeah, to, uh, you to, know, intergalactic to, despot. Exactly to to accomplish a, a particular go- a common goal, right? So yeah, it's, to, it's like to the, stop genocide. Yeah, like the Dirty Dozen in that sort of way, right? And and yeah. so you know, Guardians of the Galaxy works like that. And Ant Man, we mentioned earlier, was a heist movie that the guy puts on a super suit and shrinks. Um, but. Yeah, they're, they're just so cut from the same cloth for me, these two things. And then the second one came out, and people just love spending time with those characters so much that 
they don't realize, hey, that wasn't a great movie movie. That they're right? like, like, like a sloppier plot. Yeah, like Guardians 2, I honestly think, is really bad. Like, in, in terms of the story that they try to tell in Guardians 2, it, it is... I'd bad. have to watch it again. But I really think I need but to. But honestly, when you're watching it, you're like, hey, Star-Lord's back, and there's Groot, and oh my god, Kurt Russell is here! Kurt Russell! Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah, and you're just <laughs> like, so you don't step back and see the forest for the trees where you're just kind of like, man, Guardians of the Two was a really bad flick. And uh, also it had like the, the one emotional beat before friggin' Infinity War happened, right? Of Yondu died, right? And it was yeah, hey, first like, character death. <laughs> yeah, and it was like Yondu died, and it was really cool because they gave him the Spock, like, fire off into space and stuff like that, right? And it was it was just... Yeah, it, it just... Yeah, to yeah me, it, it, it really... actually... The, the, the comparison works for me, and it might actually be easier for me to rewatch Guardians of the Galaxy 2 the next time I see it, with the comparison being that... Yeah. The first one is very much like a Star Wars type story, whereas the second one is more of a Star Trek type story. Yeah, kind of, kind of was. Now that you say that out loud, I, th- I think that's a, I think that's a great analysis. And, and I mean, I'm a big fan of Trek. I don't know if that's enough for me to forgive yeah. the episode, but it might be interesting to go back with that mindset. Yeah, like I mean, when you watch Guardians two, I, I, you're just like, God, I love Kurt Russell. <laughs> I yeah, I, right. You know, I think you just sit there and you're like, God, he's so awesome. Because I mean, I don't remember, even care that he killed all of his kids. <laughs> exactly. Because you remember, like, the movie opens with him with with like CGI Kurt Russell, where he still looks like he's fucking Captain Ron Kurt Russell, right, from the 1980s. And then you're oh, like, right. And, right, and you're just like, oh man. As right? much as they like, did that with like yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Douglas and Lawrence yeah. Fishburne in this movie, mm-hmm. it has never looked as weird as it looked on Kurt Russell. That's true. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> But you're still, you were just like, cool, <laughs> right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that might be it. Do you have anything you want to you wanna add? I mean, like I said, performances like Michelle Pfeiffer and, and Lawrence Fishburne show up here, and they're both, you know, they, they bring the Fishburne and the Pfeiffer, and they're they're great and fun. and Not know, a lot to say. Fishburne, I, I... Fishburne brings the heat in a couple of scenes, and, and, and he, he's really good. And I hope he gets to return and maybe even be Goliath in, in the future. That'd be all right. What I think was interesting about this movie that I hope that the MCU tries to experiment with again, mm-hmm. uh, because I, I, I know that it kind of downplayed the drama a little bit, and I said that it was one of my least favorite things, but I think it can be done better, mm-hmm. um, is that it doesn't feel like there really was a villain in this movie. No, there definitely um, wasn't. There were a few different like, factions. Uh, yeah, there was like basically Walton, the anti-hero faction with Ghost. Yeah. I guess uh, Walton Goggins is, is the most straight-up villainous guy in the Yeah, movie, but, but even then, he's, even not then played yeah. for, he's not played for evil. He's played for comedy, and he never yeah. really seems like much of a threat because no. they just make short work of his uh, guys. Yeah. Right? yeah, like the lives of, of, the, the, the lives of Scott Lang and, and Hope Van Dyne are never in peril. Like it, like yes. you never, you never feel like, oh my god, or no, yeah, because the worst thing that's gonna movie. happen is they're gonna go back to jail. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. Is is they'll go to jail and Scott, you know, will never like the like the biggest thing is Scott will have to go to jail and then he'll never get to see his daughter again, which is terrible, obviously, but yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. world ending. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The stakes are extremely small in this movie. Now that said, <laughs> three of the characters whose lives were never in danger at any point in this film. Uh, die, quote yeah. unquote, at the end of the, in, in the in a mid credit scene in this movie. But yeah, it turns out yeah. your lives are always in danger. <laughs> exactly, but there's no there, there's no true, honest to goodness villain other than again Walton yeah. Goggins, who, as you said, is played for comedy and not like never yeah. threatens them at all. And and yeah, so they, like the it's stakes. Like... 
much like Ant-Man himself, are very small in this movie. So, the, yeah, so what I like is that sort of as an experimental thing where, like, the, 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 the crux of this, the thing that they have to fight with is basically just the science, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's just that they have to find a way to do the thing that they set up to do at the beginning of the movie. And, you know, they have other people who are interrupting them. But ultimately, that's all it is, is interruption. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's, it's really just like, hey, I've got this thing. No, yeah. you don't. They're basically playing hot potato all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And so, so the... Muffin, so the right? It's a MacGuffin the, the, plot line, right? The, the conflict comes more from the time limit on the window to rescue yeah. Janet. <laughs> um, so yeah. I, I like that as an idea. I would say the closest that we've come to that before this would be probably Civil War, where Zemo is just kind of pulling the strings, and they're all just kind of conflicting with each other based on their own sort of pasts and personalities. Mm-hmm. Like, he was, he was a villain, but he wasn't directly engaging with anybody. No, like, yeah, he doesn't, like, put, pick up a gun and punch yeah. uh, any of the... Well, yeah, Avengers, he's not raising right? an army, yeah. he doesn't have an Infinity Gem, and none yeah. of that, right? So, yeah. I mean, like, I, I think that's the closest, and I kind of like that at the time, where it's like, okay, well, Zemo did what he wanted to do, even if he ended up, you know, dying at the end of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I thought that was interesting. That'd be uh, good. And, and I, I'd be interested to see that sort of thing happening from now on, where there isn't necessarily like a central villain. There's maybe like troublemakers or stuff like that, but more of a situational conflict than a personal one. Mm-hmm. That'd be a good uh, way for. I mean, the blink would be a good way for some of the guys to get out of the, the prison. I think, like if you if like they've got an out for to get some of these guys. Like if you want to get Baron Zemo back on the playing field and stuff for the MCU, which I don't know if that's like a big thing that they want to do going forward or anything like that. Like bringing back any of the villains certainly yeah. doesn't seem like something that they want to do because the only one they've really brought back is Loki. Let's say bring back Red Skull. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but I mean like you know there's and most of them you know they, like say, say what you will about the heroes not really dying say for Infinity War and even again that's like comic book quote like air quotes dying. And, uh, For the most part, yeah. Uh, they they have shown no propensity to not kill the villains <laughs> in these Marvel movies because they're like we don't need you anymore. But uh, yeah, I mean they've got their built-in thing of like you could say that like when Thanos did the snap, you know, all of the guards and the raft were blinked, and now it's just like easily easy to escape the raft, right? So they all all the bad guys are like, hey, that's pretty sweet, right? And they just yeah, yeah. They just kind of exit stage left, and they're like, and now I can get revenge, right? <laughs> that and, was a freebie. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? They're just like, ooh, that was that was easy, and uh, yeah. Um, if you have to take a stab, Miller, who gets uh, Scott Lang into the quantum realm? If you had to write it yourself, who gets him out? Yeah, or how does he get out? Um, I think the, the, oh, <laughs> I've got no comic precedent to sort of suggest anything like this. Well, but right before really. he went into the right before he went into the quantum realm, mm-hmm. um, Janet was like warning him about things that he might encounter, and one of them was like time portals or something like that. Yeah, my my. I, I, everything that I am sort of personally thinking might be the way out for you know Infinity War Part Two mm-hmm. um, is that you know there's going to be some sort of time travel element that you know that Doctor Strange had foreseen and that's why he gave the time stone to Thanos at the end even though he said he never would and yeah. all of that so I mean it might just be like well I you know I'm either stuck in the Infinity uh, or sorry I'm either stuck in the Quantum Realm forever or I can go through one of these portals and try my luck like one of those. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hey, it's me, Scott Lang, and I'm out of the quantum realm, and it's, you know, 
97 or something like that because we've already seen i think um not, not even that say it's 2012 mm-hmm. because we've seen like you know shots of you know like leaked photos from filming that you know it showed like captain Amer- like it showed the battle of new york again yeah with Thor with long hair and everything like that so there might be like flashbacks so there might be him appearing then at that point you know That'd be fun. You, you you just time portals would be fun because he could fall into 1994 and hang out with uh, Captain Marvel at the end of in the end credit scene of that movie, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what oh, I'm no. thinking. Like you know, yeah. here's you know, yeah, that, you know, we have the Captain Marvel pop out where it's like you know, here's the post credit scene for Captain Marvel. Oh shit, here's Ant Man and he's back from the year 2020. <laughs> yeah, that'd be all right. That'd be all right. And, the future. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you had to guess, do you think someone gets him out of the quantum realm, or do you think he sciences his way out of the quantum realm? Uh, I think he, I think he like dumbass. I don't think he sciences his way out. I think he dumbasses his way. Out. Yeah, but like, yeah, you know? like the way Scott Lang can only only the way Scott Lang can do, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're, you're like, it's like kind you of a theme think... of this movie, even where it just constantly was people talking over his head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be all right. Uh, anything you want to add to Ant Man and the Wasp? Uh not really. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's. <laughs> I mean, we, we did talking about it for maybe yeah. half an hour, and I think the rather twenty that, minutes yeah. were given over to uh, just general MCU talk. <laughs> True. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm surprised we were able to go as long as we did because I mean, it's 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 pretty milk toast. Like I have this movie probably as I'm I'll give my rating right now. I probably got it as a seven. I was gonna say seven. Yeah, it's about a seven to me. I don't like. I would and, definitely watch it again, but I mean, no, it's not gonna be with no signs of going up or down in the in, in the future, right? Like I, I'm like I'm fairly comfortable like yeah. lo- locking in the that as a seven. And if we were to break down the twenty MCU movies that exist <laughs> so far, this one would be if I if I believe that there are four tiers of of <laughs> MCU movies, I believe this one will be stuck somewhere in tier three. Yeah, third, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, like, there are some movies like this where it's like, you know, I enjoyed this movie enough, but if I rewatch it, it's only going to be because I'm, like, rewatching all the MCU movies, you know? Yeah, because, like, tier, if I had to guess, like, let's say, let's say, there, let's say we do have the four, it, it is, in fact, four tiers. Like, I'd have to sit down and bang this out. Um, <laughs> it feels to me like there'd be four tiers of the MCU movies. And number one would be the, 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 like, number one would obviously be the, you know, the cream of the crop, the mountaintop movies. Like, we're talking Iron Man. We're talking the Winter Soldier. We're, you know, it's a yeah, Black Panther. Black Panther probably, and probably Infinity War is on that list. And then Episode Two, or and then then like Tier Two would be your great but not excellent ones. So, See, this is like this is where it's tricky for me because yeah. there's so many movies in this franchise now where it's like I can come up with like the top four and probably yeah. the bottom four, and I can't even guess at what's in between. Yeah. So, well, I think I think number two would be like yeah. So tier two for me would be like you know your your Guardians one, your yeah. your Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. And, so on How does so Doctor on. Strange feel for you on that scale? Yeah, that's see, that'd be the tough one because Doctor Strange for me ends up on tier two or tier three, and I think ultimately I would go. I think ultimately, if you, you're putting me on the spot right now, I would say Ant Man. I would say that Strange ends up on tier three, whereas tier three to me is the movie where it's like, like, like the way I would define tier three would be fun to watch, but a lot of problems. Yeah. Overall. Right, so I, I think so. I, you know, your 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 tier three for me. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking it's like your Doctor Strange's, your Age of Ultron's, your your uh, your Thor, right? Probably. And, yeah. Uh, and and whatnot, and then the tier four w- would just be the ones that are just straight up 
bad movies, I think, like, which aren't aren't that many, right? Like, uh, I was gonna say you can, I can make the case for yeah. one, but I could even argue out of the other two, honestly. Yeah, you could absolutely. So maybe we do this in the future. Maybe we maybe we try to. I wouldn't mind trying, honestly. And try to bang bang out uh, and do it like our old Simpsons brackets, where we like yeah, award yeah. points and come up with a definitive list afterwards. Yeah, we should certainly we. Would, certainly something to, to think of going going forward so maybe maybe we do that if, if we run into a little lull period where we don't have anything to talk about we just try to bang out the uh the the tiers of of yeah, of marvel movies because we well we got six months to do it basically <laughs> yeah, right. uh, we're not seeing captain marvel until march so we're we're almost a four, we're basically eight months before we uh, we find out what happens next. In, in the I did like them flexing their de aging technology in Ant Man and the Wasp because apparently mm-hmm. Sam Jackson's going to be in Babyface for the entire movie. Yeah, yeah, for for Captain Marvel that'll be all right. Um, crossover podcast available at crossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossoverpodcast, and soundcloud.com slash crossoverpodcast. Uh, I don't have anything there. There might, there may or may not be a podcast next week. You know, we try to do weeklies on on the crossover podcast, but quite frankly, is is nothing. Is we're hitting that summer lull right now, and and I've got a lot of softball tournaments and stuff coming up. So, uh, <laughs> so the you know I, I might be uh, taking a break. And also, there is you know professional wise in, in the real world, I got I got some moves I'm trying to make too. So. Uh, and I just had a kid also as well, so you know we're still my back. So you know it, it it might be a week or two before you you hear from us again because there's, there's nothing in the immediate future. So I don't know maybe, but there's also the outside chance that I call you guys up at like eight o'clock one night when I've been drinking a little bit or something and go, hey, you want to do a commentary track of this? Yeah, we've been done a commentary in a while. Yeah, we haven't done a commentary in a while, so maybe we try to squeeze in a fun commentary track or or. or something of that ilk going forward in, in one of this this little lull period that we got going on so sure uh, sure yeah so the, the, there's there's stuff we can do maybe i get back to doing some of those uh batman uh oh yes commentaries yes. that that i've been talking about doing so uh, i'd be happy to do more of those <laughs> yeah so 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 maybe maybe i try to get back to doing some of those um yeah so like i said crossover podcast available where it is kevin miller thanks for doing this yeah, of course. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk to you when we talk to you. Take care, everybody. Who are so-